Welcome to the Values Exchange Podcast. I'm Mike Cruz, your host, private pilot, author of Saturday Every Day, and CEO of North Texas Wealth Management, a firm dedicated to values-based financial planning. This podcast uncovers the values and habits of highly successful people and dives into how it has shaped their success and what you can learn from their personal stories. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Values Exchange podcast. I'm really excited about our guest today. Kate Ladon is with us uh, remotely on on Zoom uh, from New York, New York. Um, really exciting. We're going to be talking about the value of personal branding. So Kate Ladon is the founder of Brandwise Media. It's a personal branding agency based in New York. Uh, which builds executive and author personal brands using content marketing strategies and social media. Kate has authored the book, The Attraction Magnet, The Seven Insider Secrets, the world's biggest brands use to attract customers who can't wait to buy from them. And she's regularly uh, featured in national and international publications as a commentator on celebrity and corporate brands. Uh, Her company, Brandwise Media, also developed one of the first online courses centered around LinkedIn. Um, And it's called the Influence Academy. So to teach executives how to position themselves as thought leaders in their respective spaces. To date, over 100 executives have completed the program. And uh, Kate, thanks for being here. Uh, Glad to see you. Thanks so much for having me. This is a treat. All right. So, you know, personal branding, when when uh, started thinking about that, of course, I was like, oh, we got to see if we can get Kate on the on the podcast here to talk about it. You're the expert. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with you on uh, helping with our personal brand. I mean, it's been invaluable. Uh, really appreciate your advice. So I kind of want to just start with when we think about personal branding, kind of, you know, what is it? And when I think of personal brand, I think, well, I think of my reputation and then I'm kind of stuck going, wait, what's a personal brand versus your reputation? How do you kind of sort that out? Such a great question. So I think people use these terms interchangeably because typically if you have a great reputation, people say you have a great personal brand. But whenever I work with folks, I always say there's really an easy way to split the difference between the two. A personal brand is what you say about yourself out in the world and in the market. It's very self-generated. That's the word personal. That's where that comes into a personal brand. You're building that out, whether it's through something like social media or a podcast or Mike, you've authored a book, things of that nature. A reputation is what other people say about you in the market. So you can have a reputation and not be pushing yourself forward or championing your personal brand actively, but that reputation is going to exist. On the other hand, you can have a personal brand and be generating a lot of activity, but not have a great reputation if what you do isn't aligning with what you actually say you do out in the world. So the best of both worlds is when your reputation, what others say about you and the value they see in you align with your personal brand, what you say your value is and all the activities that go along with it. Well, I love that because I'm all about, you know, helping clients align kind of their goals and objectives with their values. And so kind of aligning your reputation and your brand makes sense to me. So 
No, that's and that's, if that's you great. don't do it, you're going to be one of two situations. If you have a stellar reputation, but you're not actively building your brand, you're generally a best kept secret. And that's great. But if you want to grow beyond a certain point, you need to put fire into the machine. If you're touting, you know, who you are and what you do, but what you actually do doesn't align with that, you might get a lot of leads or clients or interest in the beginning, but over time, people are going to figure out you're not who you say you are. So you need to be mindful of both. So here's a big question. Who needs a personal brand? So I think about this as, um, you know, like engineers, people working at companies. What's your opinion of that? Like who, who needs to be start, start working on this and, you know, put themselves out there? Do they just rely on their reputation or who needs a personal brand? I would say at this day and age, everybody, I mean, we're talking about a time and place, and this is not me co-signing this whatsoever, where I'm probably out-earned by five-year-olds on YouTube who are opening toys and getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a week for these videos. Now, obviously, it's their parents who are pushing that personal brand forward. But you really want to view a personal brand, especially in a professional capacity, as leverage, when you're going out and interviewing in the world, people want to see that first impression. They want to see what you're about. And so if you're putting active thought and activity into that, you're going to have a much better chance of getting your foot into the door. Your reputation keeps you in that place once you get your foot into the door. But personal branding can be a great door opener. Your ability to remain in that room is very contingent upon your reputation. So anybody who is looking to generate income, career, opportunity in this world, it behooved them to build their brand and start thinking about what their brand is. And if that sounds super daunting, if you say, well, my goodness, I have no idea what to say about myself. I'm, I'm coming out of college. What could I possibly say? I'm not an expert or whatever. You want to think about the things that interest you. And then you can just document and share your learnings around them. And in many ways, I actually think those personal brands, the ones who are going through the learning journey and documenting that, outperform those experienced brands who've forgotten kind of the magic of the learning and growth phase. A lot of people are going to connect with the story, not the glory. So we don't really respect personal brands. We're like, I'm so great. I'm this. Look at all these awards I've won. But we do really get behind personal brands that say, I learned this lesson or here's something I figured out this week. And it's actually how I got into the space to begin with. Okay. Tell me more about that. How did you get into personal branding? Kind of why is it so important to you? Like, what's your why? You know, I was in corporate America working for a financial company, um, and I very quickly at age 23 was promoted into a management position. And this was a fast growth company, and I had to quickly learn things I didn't know about what I didn't know. And so I decided I'm going to get on LinkedIn and ask around and then document things that I was learning through direct mail campaigns or outreach or my company was buying up a lot of other businesses. So how to align that brand when you're encompassing and acquiring a lot of other brands. And so I would almost cathartically write about what I learned and who I wanted to connect with to learn more. And then to my surprise and delight, people started to ask me to come speak on personal branding on LinkedIn. And I wasn't, and this goes back to my former point, I would never have told you that what I was doing at the time was personal branding. It was just 
a desire to learn and be better and share that the only way that my millennial self knew how, which was on an online format. But the number of connections I made, doors that were opened, and ultimately where my career trajectory went after that was 100% attributable to that process. I didn't think I was doing anything groundbreaking. I mean, I was probably an oversharer at that point. I was you know, 23 and I had Facebook for years. And so I was just doing what was natural to me in a professional setting. But I realized how many people weren't doing that or they were afraid to do that or they didn't know how to do that, which really launched me into the business I'm in now in teaching people how to build their personal brands in a mindful way online and in a way that builds no like and trust rather than coming across as vapid or an influencer, let's be honest, kind of full of hot air, which some people can get that reputation online. How would you describe your own personal brand? Ah, such a good question. Shoemaker's kid, always the last to get their shoes fixed. You know, I would say my personal brand, I always tell people that I'm going to do a little bit of a learning lesson and then I'm going to share what my personal brand is. So a personal brand is a 3D phenomenon. Corporate brands try very hard to personify themselves. Think about the gecko for Geico or Flow for Progressive. They're trying to humanize their brands in a way that humans naturally do this because we're very dimensional. We have values and we have a personality and we have mission statements. Companies have to work really hard at what comes quite naturally to a personal brand. And there's really three pillars that encompass a personal brand. There's the professional leg of your personal brand. You know, what is it that you do for a living? What is the value you bring? There's the personal side of it. What's your personality? What are your values? You're big on values. And how do you live out those values? And then the passion side of it. And passion is something like you're just super charged up about this, whether it's a nonprofit or an initiative, or for me, it's young entrepreneurs, women in entrepreneurship. I get really excited about that. So for my personal brand, I'm a personal branding expert. I help executives, specifically multi-faceted executives, folks who own a lot of different businesses, get clear on their personal brand and build that. But when I look at how I do that, it's usually in a way that is a little lighthearted, meeting the audience where they're at, not super highbrow. And then my passion bucket of that is talking about all things entrepreneurship, self-growth and development, because I'm an entrepreneur myself. But if you ask the outside world, you know, what is Kate's personal brand? I've put so much energy, as I recommend most folks do, put about 70% of your energy into that professional bucket if you're building it for professional reasons in making my brand known as a personal branding expert who helps professionals develop and grow their personal brands. That's great. I love that. So just a side question, being an entrepreneur, what have you, what have you seen as like the biggest obstacle or surprise is like you get into business and what's been the biggest challenge and or surprise that you've experienced? How much time do you have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are they on My favorite saying about entrepreneurship is it's like jumping off of a cliff backwards and building an airplane on the way down. You're just like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm figuring it out every day. Okay. And I think it draws a certain type of person to the endeavor because of that. Um, but I would say the biggest aha I've had as an entrepreneur is learning how to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and better than you. Usually you set out in business because you worked in corporate or you worked in some kind of capacity and thought, 
I can really do this well, and I can do it for myself and make more money. That's like phase one. That's an employee mindset. It's great. But if it's only that you're going to cap your own growth potential, then you start to realize in order to grow, I need to bring people on and I need to bring people on who have skills and experiences and viewpoints that are quite different than mine or better than mine or something. And that's okay. And it feels really uncomfortable when you've been holding something so closely to learn to give that up and trust that it's going to go well. It's not always going to be the way you would do it. Of course not. You're giving it to somebody else. But if you really want to grow, you have to be able to do that. And a quote that I heard one time was, "I and I so agree with this, I'd rather have 1% of 100 people's effort than 100% of one person's effort. Because the first is always going to be bigger than the second. You are a finite resource. You need to be able to grow beyond yourself and learn how to do that with other people. And that was a real hurdle for me, a type A perfectionist who was used to just acing everything mm -hmm. in corporate to really grasp and live out in growing a business. And I think any entrepreneur would tell you that's a lesson you just keep learning over and over and over again, because at a certain point, you might grow a company to the point where you become the chairperson or a board member, and then you have to hire a CEO. This isn't something like that's a one and done lesson. This is just levels of learning that lesson over and over again with different stakes. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think, um, you know, I've experienced that as well. And I think as an early entrepreneur, it's very easy to think <clears throat> you have all the answers and you're just delegating repetitive tasks and hiring people to do those tasks. And at some point, you have to kind of re-engineer the whole picture and go, I have to hire people smarter than me. I can't have all the answers, right? And that's growing pains, uh, but no. So I, I think you're spot on, absolutely. So, you know, as, as a CEO of, you know, a firm um, that I want to market my business and build the company brand, what do you tell, you know, executives that you work with? Um, how do they balance like building their company brand and building their own personal brand? How do you how do you do both of those? Should you do both of those? How do you keep them aligned? Um, you know, how far do you build that personal brand? It's a great question. You know, research has shown that founders who build their personal brand, usually their corporate brand, has a more favorable, um, you know, perspective, or or the market favors the company brand too. And you can see this for better or for worse with companies out into the world. When you look at somebody like Richard Branson, whose personal brand almost rivals, if not in some cases, supersedes Virgin Media or many of his different business you know, assets. He has quite a few companies at this point, but he's known for being a really gregarious, magnetic, risk-taking, adventure-taking kind of guy. And he talks about that very frequently. Same thing, I think, with someone like Warren Buffett, who I would say most people know his name more than they know Berkshire, or like they wouldn't even have realized that that is the connection there. The point being is usually, especially when you're starting out, a company is kind of like an offspring of the founder. Inherently, you run your business with the same values you run your life. And that's why you started a company. Whether you realize it or not, those values, that mission, it's very close to the founder, which is why founders who build their personal brands and company brands are in excellent positions because they really don't have to close any gaps there. It's a natural extension. So for CEOs, you know, 
hopefully you have somebody internally who can help build that corporate brand. And it's essential that you do so because for those individuals who are not familiar with their company, they need to understand what your brand is about, but you need to concurrently build your brand around that. And that may seem like work or chest beating. So here's where you want to think about the differences. Your corporate brand is what your products and services are, who you serve and what your value is for them. Your founder or CEO brand can really be a look into the day of the life of running that company, learning lessons you've experienced. And generally when I talk to CEOs about this and position it that way versus you have to talk about how you're such a great entrepreneur, everybody collectively exhales because it's a lot less pressure to just share what's going on to the degree you feel comfortable, comfortable about than it is to talk about how great your company is or how great you're an entrepreneur. Something as simple as, you know, doing a weekly video with you and somebody who works for you and saying, hey, this is so-and-so, they run our widgets department, and this is, you know, what they do for the company can be a great way to put your toe in the water and give some of that personified view into the company that a corporate brand you know, just doesn't. And you can often see, I remember at one point when I first started giving personal brand talks to audiences, the founder of Zillow actually had more followers on LinkedIn than Zillow the company did. And his engagement was always higher than the company because people like to connect with people. So what you're really doing is you're not building up your CEO brand. I want you to get that out of your head. You're offering a viewpoint for your audience and your customers to feel more comfortable with the faces behind the brand itself. And when done right, they're really not competing with one another. There's just kind of like the external product and service perspective. And then the internal, here's the, the folks who run and put those products and services out perspective. And it's a really nice handshake between the two brands. I love that. Allowing your customers connect more personally with people into the brand. That makes sense. And think about it, Mike, like I have this cookie shop up here that I love. I wish I didn't. It's called Levain. They now, I think, sell nationwide through Whole Foods or something like that. But it started up here. Two women were running a marathon and they started making these really hockey puck sized cookies and they're delightful and I send them to everybody. I don't see a lot about their founders, but I follow the brand religiously. And what I think would up my brand allegiance any even more than it already is, is if those two women got on video and said, here's what we're baking up. Here's what we're thinking of for next quarter. Oh, let's do some tours of our cookie shops. Mm -hmm. Here's a glimpse into our lives. I mean, I'm so allegiant to that brand, but I think if you saw more of the inner workings, I mean, who doesn't love to watch really good food being baked, right. you would see a surge even more so in my loyalty. And I suspect you have a brand that you're thinking of. It's like, wow, I'd really love to get behind the mind of the person who, you know, insert your favorite product or service here. It's the behind the scenes and and then the personalization and and you get to get to see the full picture yeah definitely so that kind of leads me into my next question which is um you know kind of separating like your private life versus this personal brand and so you want to share behind the scenes all of that but then where's the line of how much sharing is too much sharing right I think that line is drawn differently for any different kind of person. And here's why. As humans, we all have different comfort levels with our values mm -hmm. and also with our, I'll say, modesty. Some people are very, very close to the chest. If it feels inauthentic 
to you. Let's use the example of, I don't know, I, one that comes up with a lot of CEOs we work with is my place in my sharing around my family, especially my children when it comes to social media. Certain CEOs say, no way, no how, even in my personal life, I've never put my kids online. I don't want to do that. It's just not comfortable. It's a choice I've made for my family. Certain CEOs said, I built this company because I had kids. You know, I, I started a baby carrier company up a baby and I need to put that online because so much of it was my journey with being a mother. So I think a good rule of thumb in any aspect of your personal brand is if it feels natural and authentic to you as a person then you should share it. And I mean, for some brands that what feels natural to them is a big yardstick that I would never, <laughs> I would never share, but it works for them because it's authentic. If at any point you feel like you're putting a square into a round hole, if you are really uncomfortable with something or it doesn't feel like it aligns with your personal core values, then you shouldn't share it. And not because it's not great content or whatever, but because people can always sniff out when you're pandering or not being yourself or things of that nature. And I think that's a rule only you can determine. So your comfort level and how much is too much sharing and how much is too little sharing. I mean, I see Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, share photos of her kids with their underwear on their head. And I love, I think it's hilarious. She's just like, well, it's a total mess over here. How's everybody else's day going? But other founders, they might say, I I like that feels so uncomfortable to me. And so instead they would share about a marathon they ran that weekend. And that does feel comfortable to them. That's okay. It works for different people, but what doesn't work is if they tried to put that out there just because she was doing it and it works for her. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And that's probably the most concise I've had anybody um, clarify that issue, you know, and it's one of those things that it's a balance between like, well, aren't you proud of your kids? Don't you want to put them out there? But then it's like, well, yes, but we're, we want to be more private, but then I want to be public out there with the company. And so, you know, there are a lot of times you can have these, you know, conflicting values. And I think that just shores it up, right? And trust well, your gut and, think, and go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Going along with what you do for a living too. Like, there's getting clear on what your values are and having those guide, in your case, financial decisions, in my case, sharing decisions. I always tell people, if you make the rules, you can figure out when to break them. But if you don't have the rules for how you play the game, you can get lost in all the things around it. So maybe in your case, I'm bringing it back to your world, like, uh, oh, some fads around cryptocurrency. Okay, I, my, one of my values is not risk-taking, so I don't know if I feel comfortable in that. And, but you could get swept up if you're not clear on that you're not a risk taker. Same thing for personal brand too. Like you need to get such a big part is getting clear on the values that run your life. And then when you are looking at what to share out on social media, you can usually look at that list. Oh, family is a big value of mine. Adventure is a big value of mine. Transparency is. And then the answer becomes very easy to you. And you can decide, oh, well, maybe I want to put a picture of my kids out, but they're just, they're looking into the ocean. You can't see their faces and we're sharing in that way, but you're clear on it and you're not feeling pressured because somebody's telling you to do it or you saw some other influencer post, you know, their kids as an example. You know, one of my, one of my favorite books, I love Stephen Covey. And then he came out with like the eighth habit. So, and I always liked that because I always read his seven habits and then there's like this eighth habit. In the beginning of the book, he's like, there wasn't one left out. This is an extension, right? 
And it was really about find your voice and then help others find theirs, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I like that. So when, when you think of like your voice, is, is there a difference between like the message you want out there and then what your personal brand is? I mean, I kind of, is it go back to kind of reputation or, you know, what is that voice of like, Hey, I want to tell the world this, is that a part of the personal mm -hmm. branding? It is a part of the personal branding. It certainly is a part of the personal branding. And sometimes you do this knowingly or unknowingly. I heard someone say one day, you can't think your way out of bed in the morning. You just have to put both feet on the ground and stand up. And I think sometimes if you think too much, going back to what I was originally saying about folks who are like, I can't build a personal brand because I don't have anything to say. There's nothing unique I have to say. I don't, I didn't summit Everest. I didn't, you know, have this crazy thing happen to me. I don't know if I have a calling or a purpose. Therefore, I can't build a personal brand. And what I would say to those people is you will always have an audience and something to share because there's always people who know less about something than what you know. And usually in your sharing of that and in your explaining, you'll start to find your calling. So that sounds very ethereal. So let's use a very real example of this. Maybe I am a corporate accountant and, you know, I'm very happy in my job. I've been there for 10 years and I think, well, gosh, I really don't have anything of substance to say here. I've been doing my job for 10 years. This is not a knock to accountants, by the way. It's just a fictitious example. I talk to accountants and work with accountants all the time on their brand. But you might say like, I'm, I have job security. I don't need to do this. I don't know what I would say. Keep in mind, there are folks who are just getting started in their accounting journey who would love to learn how you got to where you are. What are some nuances they need to be thinking about in corporate filing structures? What are payroll tax issues that if not careful could really get somebody in trouble. And if you just start sharing some of those wisdom tips that you've gained over the year, in what, in my experience, what you find is it's almost like this validation of like, people are like, wow, I really didn't know that. Thanks for sharing. And then you feel that great feeling that all humans feel when you share something and somebody finds it valuable, when you're helping someone else. And I think that's the thing when you're talking about your message and helping others find their voice that it really value or boils down to is helping other people. Personal branding can feel so bombastic and it's all about me and narcissistic and attention seeking. And it is when you don't do it well, when you do it well, it is quite simply helping other people learn something you know. And if you don't know who those people are, pick somebody who is on your career path, but like two or three years, years backwards from where you are now. What did you learn in the last two to three years or five years? What should you have done differently? What could you, or what would you say to somebody who says, please, I'm, you know, I'm going where you're going. What would be the learning tips there? And then it doesn't feel slimy. It feels really good because it is selflessness is selfish in that regard when it comes to personal branding and it works and it works on an intrinsic level on how you feel about it. And it certainly works in personal branding when it comes to building up an audience who really wants to go wherever you're leading them. So really sharing kind of the, the learning journey, like you said, and then it really is about like feeling good about giving back and then just connecting with others. And Definitely. putting that out there. I like it. So in your opinion, 
who has the best celebrity brand and why do you think yep. so? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> this is actually statistically, I think, proven out. Okay. Uh, I, I was listening to, uh, um, but I, I completely co-sign it. And I don't, I'm not even like a huge fan of her music. So that just goes to show you how great her brand is. I was listening to a podcast during the pandemic called, I think it was called Dolly Parton's America. Okay. And it was this kid in Tennessee whose dad like was a doctor and worked with Dolly Parton. And they were from the Middle East, uh, his father. And they were just saying like the cultural transcendence Dolly Parton has, like everybody who meets her loves her. And statistically, she's one of the most liked personal brands in the world like you just never find anybody who has something negative to say about dolly parton right. and I, I i often think about like why is that the case and it's because she's so authentically herself i mean she's probably had more success than any of us ever could imagine but she's still like you know from where she's from and and she is self-deprecating and she's honest and she's not trying to be somebody she isn't and Talk about somebody whose reputation lives up to their personal brand. I mean, just helps other people, super nice. But I think it's it, it's more fascinating to me that globally her brand is so respected when she's a country singer from America because it's not like she's a pop singer. We're like, of course that would be the case. Right. Pop music kind of, you know, go transcends America. But it's like such a specific type of music and such a specific type of personality. And to use a very overused word in personal branding, it's just so dang authentic that you can't help not to like her. I mean, I tell me one person who doesn't at least respect Dolly personal uh, Dolly Parton's personal brand, and right, even if you're not a, a big you know fan of her music, I think you still respect her brand, right? And you, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say, like, I really couldn't name more than three songs of hers, and I and I grew up with country music, right. you know, I but I, I think from everything she does when I, when somebody says, who would you love to emulate? I would just say the honesty and, and kindness that that woman is. She's fantastic. So what are the, somebody that's listening and says, okay, I'm motivated. I'm going to work on my personal brand. Never done it before. Where should they start? What are the steps? It's like, is there like this, do they need like a visual identity? Um, do they need to like be conscious of like growing their audience? Like what about partnerships and setting mm -hmm. up this brand? Do they need an image? Like what goes all into that? Or do they just jump on LinkedIn and build out a profile? I mean, what, what do you see as if I want to get serious about building my personal brand? What are those steps you'd recommend? The first irrefutable step that I think none of us should step over in building a personal brand. And it's very counterintuitive, but it's, figuring out your audience and being very specific with that audience. Because when you don't know who it is you're speaking to and how it is you're helping them, you will have a lot of trouble coming up with content. But when you can say, you know, let's, I'll use the same example I gave earlier. All right, I have no idea who I want to talk to, but I'm a personal branding expert and I, I want to talk to somebody. I would pick other people who are getting started on their personal branding journey, like, five years ago, because I was kind of just starting to build mine up in a really big way. And I would think about, okay, they're probably in corporate. They're probably thinking at some point they want to get out of corporate. Maybe they have a little bit of an entrepreneurial pull to them because that was me. And they're really trying to figure out how to explore what that is and what they would build their brand around and what they would build a company around. 
all of a sudden I can think of 10 ideas right there of something to say. But if somebody said, Kate, build a personal brand about yourself, you know, I, in addition to everybody else would have writer's block. Like, I don't know, should I talk about how I grew up? Should I talk about where I went to school? Should I talk about what I'm good at? And it becomes really, really heavy. But when I know I'm talking to that person, they've been in corporate for five years, they're just starting to build a personal brand. Maybe they want to leave corporate. All of a sudden, even those things that I just mentioned, how I grew up, where I went to school, I would share it with a shade of how it led me to start my own company and leave corporate and build a personal brand. It colors everything because ultimately your goal is to connect. Then the question of, well, what platform should I be on? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on Instagram? You know, TikTok, if that's even around in a couple of months in the United States, uh, <laughs> Facebook, like whatever, that becomes super easy to answer too, because you would just say, well, where does that group of people hang out the most? They're probably on a few different platforms. But my advice is always just pick one because it's easier to start on and build a consistent habit. Consistency is the third part of that. Then after you've done all of that external work, only then should you really look at yourself and say, okay, well, what are my personal values? What is it that I can teach that audience? And what are some key narratives that align with what I want to teach that audience? And then you can figure out how to share them on that platform. And so those are really simple steps to get started. And so for me, that audience is and was very realistically on LinkedIn. So all of a sudden it was clear to me, I need to brush up my LinkedIn profile, maybe get a new headshot, talk about how I help entrepreneurs build a personal brand, and then start sharing vignettes and stories and learning lessons to do so through that platform. It was very much a A to B to C rather than thinking, okay, before I do any of this, I need a website and I need this and I need, you know, to be on six platforms and should I public speak? I mean, everything is very one by one and progressive. It builds upon the former step when you get clear about who you're helping. So that would be my biggest takeaway is counterintuitively, always start with the audience and who you want to help. And everything else really seems to open itself up to you instead of feeling like, you know, walking your way and finding your way through very murky waters, which is, well, who am I? I mean, that's a big question that I think anybody just can't answer on a general basis. Who am I? What am I here for? I don't know. Who am I and what do I want to be when I grow up, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that answer changes for everybody every day. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle. But what is very clear is, well, who do I want to help and what can I teach them? Now, all of a sudden, it's not this big pressure of like, let me figure out my life plan and share that just a natural extension of sharing your wisdom with folks. And it comes a lot easier and people just like those brands more. And what about like partnerships, getting others to help you, you know, what, what types of things can you do to, to continue to build your, your brand once let's say it's established? I think there's a couple of different types of people you want to think about having in your circle. Number one, of course, your ideal client avatar or the audience you want to reach. That's a given. You're writing for these people. You're hopefully connecting and doing business with them in whatever capacity that looks like. If you're an employee, that audience is employers, right? Or once you get hired, that's your colleagues and coworkers. But you always want to have an aspirational mentor. This is somebody that you may never meet, but you're just holding them on your wall as somebody you want to live up to. So for me, that's somebody like Sarah Blakely. I just think she's fantastic. What she did with Spanx, how she even exited that business was, was brilliant. And the type of person she is and what she's into, I really relate to. So she's like my aspirational mentor. Then you have very real mentors. So 
that's my cousin. She's run a lot of businesses. She's very successful. She used to be a venture capitalist. You certainly want somebody like that in your corner because you're going to learn and just continue to up-level yourself around those people. What they say about you as a person is so not untrue about your personal brand either, which is you are the summation of you know the five people you spend the most time with. So your personal brand is going to increase as much as that increases. Your network is your net worth. You know, however you want to say it, that's the case. And then you want to look at strategic partners. These are people who share the same values of, as you do. You refer people to one another. Maybe there are other people building their personal brands. You can get on each other's audiences or assets. Like, you know, I consider Mike a strategic partner. I'm here on his show. We've done business together. He, his values and my values really align. You know, we could go, I think, years without speaking and we just pick up just like that because our values are very much aligned in that way. So strategic partners are a big part of it. I would say those are the big three outside of your audience that you want to be thinking about when it comes to building up your personal brand, because all the other opportunities will naturally flow from that. That's great. I love it. Um, what do you consider so far your biggest success? And then also like an extension of that would be maybe... Who helped you? Who helped you get there? Um, hmm. I think my biggest success would be understanding that sometimes success looks like what you don't want to do as much as it looks like accolades. So for a while, and you know this, Mike, I ran a, a media agency. We were crafting a lot of content for people. Now I speak and teach and have online courses about this. And it was really exciting. I hired a bunch of folks. I enjoyed all of them personally, still do to this day. And my company grew very quickly. I mean, in like a three-year span, it went from pretty much like a small consulting business to an agency that was doing near a million dollars in revenue. And externally, you would look at that and say, well, that's success, right? She must be very happy. And internally, I just wanted to go back and teach and lead workshops and train. And people always ask me, if you weren't getting paid to do something, what would you do? And I would say, I would just teach all the time. Like that's what I would do. And so on the climax of my success at that point, where you, I'm kind of standing on the top of my mountain saying, I've done what I've set out to do in three years, was actually the moment I looked internally and said, I don't think this is what I really want. And now all of a sudden I'm going to let people down. Am I letting myself down? Is it really fear that I'm speaking about here? And the person who helped me realize that was actually my accountant. He's like a great strategic partner. Okay. And he said, you know, your revenue has gone up and all of this stuff. And, you know, the person who's really, whose job it is to talk about how great the money-making aspect of it is. And he looked at me and said, I've known you for five years. Are you happy? And I just felt like somebody was peering through to my soul. Wow. Like once he said it, I couldn't lie to him or myself and I could never unhear it. And when your accountant tells you success isn't always just how much money you're making, it's also how happy you are. That's when I was like, oh man, like the money guy is telling you. <laughs> Something is off with my values here. And I think for me, that success looked like the risk-taking of letting all those people down and reshifting the model when I had put so much work into it and giving myself permission to do that and having those tough conversations with 
former clients and former employees about that model shift and that I couldn't work with them anymore. That was actually what I would say the biggest success was coming back to what made me happy and not just what made me money. And of course, now the money is flowing again. So I would say to anyone, you know, don't let somebody else's idea of success dictate what your idea of success is. Go for what brings you joy and what you're good at and that intersection of what you're naturally great at and what you enjoy doing and what there's a market for. And you'll find that all the other stuff kind of fits in. But I was really building somebody else's business. And I think that was the scariest moment of my life. But I'm, I'm now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That's crazy. So take a, be willing to take the risk, even when they're really hard, even when they're really, really hard. And you think that other people will be so disappointed. If you're not living into your values and you're not happy, it's like, what else are you doing? You got, as far as we know, one shot at this life. Like, don't, don't squander it. So um, when we think about personal branding and how it aligns with your success or how it's shaped your success, I mean, I think, how would you kind of sum that up? Because, I mean, I think it's obvious from everything you've told us, but how would, in your perspective, personal branding and, and how it's really shaped your own success, I feel like it's gotten you there and then also kind of what's next? I think personal branding has been the thread that has weaved through everything, every single career and personal experience I've had. I am somebody who from a very young age was just insatiably curious. And I think that's why personal branding kind of came so naturally to me is I wanted to learn stuff and then I wanted to immediately share what I learned. I'm that kind of person. Like I'll listen to a podcast and then for the next three days be like, I was listening to this podcast. You'll never believe like that has just been so essential to who I am. And so every single business opportunity I received is because of that. And I'm not even going to call it personal branding. I'll say the willingness to learn out loud, even when it means falling on your face and having to swallow your pride and share that. That's actually been the moments where I received the most help, the biggest opportunities, the biggest gain in followership. And I'm not saying be, you know, transparent, quote unquote, just to pander to pain. That's certainly not it. But if you're, if you're not being truthful and you're not willing to take those risks and learn out loud, you're going to find that your career and your life plateaus. And so for me, personal branding has been pivotal and it's just really another synonym for learning out loud and being willing to ask for the help and share the help that I've received with others in a pay it forward way. And I think if all of us are committed to that and you do it intentionally on a way online, you're going to find that you can't help but experience success, whatever that success looks like to you. And that's going to look different to all of us. And that's beautiful and wonderful and why the world works. And someone that needs help building their personal brand, they, they watch this podcast, they're motivated, they think they got it, but they're not quite sure. Where do they go find help? Yeah, so you can head to brandwisemedia.com. That's the easier spelling, brandwisemedia.com. Or my name, which is a little trickier, kills me as a personal brander, Kate, K-A-I-T, Ladon, L-E-D-O-N-N-E.com. Like, ah, I wish the name was K-A-T-E and something just snappy at the end, like Smith. Like, that's so much easier from a personal branding perspective. But, you know, you play the, the cards you were dealt. That's my name. <laughs> All right, so they can reach out and find you, so... Well, Kate, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, invaluable um, advice for somebody who wants to build a personal brand. Really appreciate your time and, 
and being so authentic and vulnerable just to share everything, um, very helpful. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. So thanks for tuning in to this uh, episode of Value Exchange Podcast. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode.